to? The Curiosity of... A Child. Episode 32. Mm-hmm. And this week, we are ghost hunting. <gasps> well, actually, we've already been ghost hunting, haven't we, Anton? <laughs> yep. We have... Um, we went to a couple of different places, I think. M- mainly one uh, place, though, which was a dolmen in Guernsey. That's right, yes, yeah, so a dolmen or a passage grave. So we will... Uh, give you some of our recordings from in there later on in the show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. I actually haven't heard the um, audio yet, so it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see if you hear anything or not any kind of voices or any mm. spooky spirits. Now, do you believe in ghosts, Anton? Uh, kind of. I'm not really sure. In specific places, maybe. Hmm, yeah. I- I'm not sure myself either. There's definitely feelings or sensations I get. So I remember up until probably fairly recently, actually, I used to think that I could see eyes watching me through cracks <laughs> in the door and stuff like that and from dark corners. I used to always think that there are these little eyes staring and back at me. didn't you have like um, a weird pressure somewhere on your head or something until you moved where your bed was and it was fine since then? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it was odd where my bed is in the bedroom. It used to be... Um, just on my temples and my forehead, it always felt like a finger pressing down on them. Uh, and I've never had that anywhere else. And I moved my bed a couple of months ago and I've not had it since. So it's a little bit odd. So maybe there was something there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, apparently 52% of Americans believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. And this is actually up um, about 11%, 11 yeah. yeah. In recent years, and in the UK also, over 50% of people believe in ghosts. So it's something that's definitely there in kind of society. And um, I'm quite a big podcast listener. This funny thing happens. Occasionally I have a podcast on as I'm in bed falling asleep, and I I do fall asleep whilst it's still playing, and something stops it with maybe, I know, 30 seconds or something remaining on the podcast. And I don't think it'd be me, so I wouldn't wake up to know... It's ending to, in my slumber, press the pause button. It's a little bit odd. So maybe the uh, ghost that put the pressure on my forehead it's is now helping. It's just now. <laughs> no, it's just hitting the stop button instead. Yeah, very, very handy. <laughs> Our last episode, remember, we spoke with Tim Brown from the Paranormal Intelligence Gathering Service about ghost hunting. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I think it was one of the top interviews that we've done. Our other interviews are... Um, George McGavin. Thank you. And? Uh, Mr. Conkers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So make sure you check our back catalogue for those. But Tim, he gave us some good tips, didn't he, on ghost hunting? Uh, yeah, he did, actually. Yeah, so um, as we said earlier, we've been out ghost hunting ourselves to see what we could discover. And um, we actually started at home with our first ghost hunt. Uh, we used a little... Uh, robot like uh, with a camera in it and it had infrared camera I think didn't mm-hmm. it uh, so we were driving around the house with it yeah so you've not seen this footage yet no I remember doing it and we were, I think you were more scared than me <laughs> yeah we were hiding um, yeah. let me get the volume levels right so at the moment it's in your oh, I can hear it yeah um, at the moment it's in your room isn't it that's right Looking yeah around but you'll see there'll be some little bits floating around there, which is probably just dust. And it also made me think, because one of the theories of uh, for orbs... Um, oh, yeah, it's dust reflecting, isn't it? Exactly. But I was, I was wondering, 
does dust higher up um, actually oh, yeah, float around at a different speed to dust laid down by the floor? There's an orb. There's an orb behind the chair. I think that might be my Swiss ball. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we were filming here because I was hoping that, well, actually I wasn't hoping. uh, The worst thing you could possibly find when you're ghost hunting in your own house is a ghost, I think. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I thought, oh, maybe over my bed where I'd have this funny pressure, perhaps I would kind of see something there. So you can probably hear the ghost in the... Ah, uh, the ghost. <laughs> Our robot. Um, yeah. Falling around in the background as we were exploring. So it works surprisingly well, actually, the infrared, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, it actually does black and white, but it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But have you actually seen anything that looks suspicious or odd? Oh, um, I don't think we saw much, like, anything major from this footage. A couple of little flashes there, but again, probably yeah. just dust. Yeah. And we were just downstairs when we were doing this, so it's not like there'll be any weird delay or anything in it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so I'm probably going to stop this now. Yeah, we didn't find too much um, in your room. No. Now, one of the theories from a more sort of scientific perspective um, for ghosts would be electromagnetic fields. Yep, so EMF. That's right, short. yes. Yep. Uh, so one of the tools that ghost hunters will use when they're looking is EMF meters, which actually detect the level of these fields in various locations. And there's a belief there that maybe um, spirits or beings um, are able to interact and manipulate these electromagnetic fields. And then that will be the effect that people are sensing. Now, there is actually some science behind this as well, because a Canadian neuroscientist, Michael Persinger, created a device called the God Hermit. It zaps your brain or your brain's temporal lobes with electromagnetic fields. They're only about as powerful as those given off by a hairdryer. So maybe when you're drying your hair. Not me, of course. (laughs) Um, But they're much more carefully and precisely targeted. Now, the idea is that um, when the right hand or the emotional lobe in your brain and the left hand or the language lobe in your brain are both stimulated in a particular way, um, your brain is trying to understand what's going on and needs to um, make sense of it and it generates what they term a sensed presence. And Persinger believes that this might explain religious experiences and perhaps also ghosts as well. There has, however, been difficulties in replicating this study. So whether this actually works or not, I don't know. Ooh, I kind of want it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to try it, actually, see what effect it has. Maybe his work with the electromagnetic field supports the idea that haunted locations just have unusual kind of activity going on with the fields there. Or... Um, maybe that it's just the environment that you're in that is influencing your thoughts or feelings. Mm. Or maybe it, could it be like other people's um, thoughts? Um, does that produce any of the... I don't think um, we can project electromagnetic fields from our head. That'd be cool. Yeah. Do you want to see the helmet? The guard helmet? Okay. You ready? Uh-huh. It's pretty fancy. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 yep. That's very high tech. Uh-huh. It's just like a crash helmet with some wires and stuff going into it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, another theory for why people might feel 
odd in haunted locations is infrasound. And this is actually a very, very deep sound. And we actually asked Tim about infrasound during our chat with him. Um, posing the idea that places like the underground hospital, which are really echoey and um, very dense granite there and uh, concrete, they might actually generate infrasound. Mm-hmm. And it's actually too low for us to hear, kind of a background noise that our body can pick up on, but we don't really sense it directly. But Tim told us that it actually needs a source such as uh, maybe traffic noise or wind turbines or maybe things from the natural environment such as earthquakes or thunder or waves in the ocean, yeah? Mm-hmm. The 2003 infra, infra, infrasonic, yep. The 2003 infrasonic 17 hertz tone experiment exposed 700 people to deep notes from a subwoofer um, at the end of a seven metre long sewer pipe. Yeah, so this was an experiment that actually took place over two different nights and there was a music concert. Um, And on each night there was infrasound played underneath uh, different pieces of music and then they gathered the results. But what they did on the first night they would have the infrasound playing under the first bit of music, say, and on the second night, they'd have it playing under the second bit of music so that they could compare the effect that it had on people. I don't think they were aware that it was going to be played. After the um, concert, they asked people what they felt, and they said that it generated uh, feelings of disorientation and panic. 22% of concert goers felt sorrow or chills. <laughs> So the kind of feelings you get in a haunted location, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially panic um, and maybe a bit stressed or scared or something. Yeah. So I don't actually know what the environment was like that the concert was done in. So you can imagine if you're in somewhere supposedly haunted, it's going to be even more intense. Yeah. Now, Professor Richard Wiseman, who um, devised this experiment, he said, These results suggest that low-frequency sound can cause people to have unusual experiences even though they cannot consciously detect infrasound. Some scientists have suggested that this level of sound may be present at some alleged haunted sites, and so it can cause people to have odd sensations that they attribute to a ghost. Our findings support these ideas. Done. Done. Done! So, I think there's definitely some sense in that, isn't there? Mm Mm-hmm. So our second ghost hunting location was a Neolithic passage grave, wasn't it? Yep. Could even be 5,000 years old. Yeah, so uh, a lot of history there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But uh, strangely, you don't really hear about, like, um, caveman ghosts. <laughs> no, you so don't, actually. Maybe there's, like, um, um, a ghost life, but then once you've done your ghost life somehow... You go into, I don't know, a reincarnation or a heaven or whatever, or whatever you choose, I guess. Yeah, please excuse that motorbike in the background there. <laughs> um, yeah, or maybe any traces that are left over, they fade out with time. Mm. Now, the dolmen itself is actually quite near the coast. Um, so maybe under the correct conditions, maybe a stormy day or there's really rough winds and the uh, waves are crashing against the shore, perhaps that could actually generate infrasound in, in that location. Possibly. I'm not totally sure, though, as the entrance faces away from the sea. And actually, um, it, it aligns with the spring equinox, so the sun was shining um, during the equinox, which is quite hmm. cool, into the doorway. Maybe if we went there um, at um, this, the correct time, when it was rising or setting, whatever, like into mm-hmm. it, we would find something. 
It may have been used by Neolithic people for perhaps even a couple of thousand years. So think of all the energy and history that have been put into that place by people there. Mm-hmm. Seems a good place. Um, I don't think we did find anything, though. Ah, uh, you haven't heard the recordings yet. <gasps> there are actually human bones discovered on the site. Um, but at some point, it stopped being used and it was forgotten. And it was buried in the literal sands of time and remained hidden for several thousand years. Scary. Yeah. Now, I've got an 1854 account here from Ferdinand Brock Topper on the rediscovery. Now, do you recognise the name Brock? Yep. Yeah, he was actually um, the son of Sir Isaac Brock's sister, Elizabeth. Ooh. And this is from um, one of his old books. I love the title. It's called History of Guernsey and its Bailiwick, with occasional notices of Jersey. <laughs> That's good. Cromlech at Langcress. In the year 1811, a large cromlech was accidentally discovered, completely buried with drift sand, on an eminence near the beach at Langcress in Guernsey. It is 45 feet uh, in length by 15 feet in width and nearly 8 feet in height within the area at the western end. Once, it gradually contracts on each side and at the top near the eastern end. The space is covered by five large and two smaller blocks of granite, which are not in contact. The western block is computed to weigh about 30 tonnes, it being nearly 17 feet long, 10.5 wide and 4.5 thick, and it was probably placed there by the means of rollers. The second block is 16 feet long and the third smaller, and so they gradually diminish until the seventh. This fine cromlech was left filled and most imperfectly explored until the year 1837, when, after considerable labour, it was cleared of sand uh, and its primeval contents exposed at the expense and through the antiquarium zeal of F.C. Lucas. He was the guy who excavated it. I remember learning that at school. Mm -hmm. I think he spent like 10 years on on the floor were found two layers consisting of human bones, urns of coarse red and black clay, stone and clay amulets and beads, bone pins, etc. The layers, like those of cysts, were separated by flat fragments of granite. The lower stratum was laid in a rude pavement on natural soil. The remains were deposited in a singular manner. The unburnt bones occupied either end of the floor, the middle third being allotted to those which had been submitted to the action of fire. Not a vestige of charcoal was uh, was to be detected with them. The bones of individual skeletons were heaped together conf- confusedly, and each heap surrounded by a ring of round, flat pebbles. The urns, which were of remarkably rude shape and material, being near or within the rings. Some heaps consisted, as it were, of parents' and child's ashes mingled together. For within the same ring of pebbles were the bones of persons of all ages. An unusual quantity of bones of very young children were found. The lower stratum only contained burnt bones, among which likewise a few tusks of the boar, perhaps worn as trophies of the chase, and consigned to the fire with the dead hunter's body. Four flat discs from 6 to 12 inches in diameter and one in thickness 
formed from the same ware as the urns were also found, and doubtless served as lids for some of the urns, which had broad flat edges. As these lids were furnished with central handles, it may be inferred that the urns were replenished from time to time, the cromlechs being a hollow vault or catacomb. In no instance was the urn used to contain the ashes of the dead, and it was doubtless filled with liquid or food. Some were quite entire, and of those broken, many had been restored. As time and ages elapsed, and possibly as all memory of the departed became lost, their remains were removed to make room for others. Those who were removed were placed in the interval between the props and were lost to the site. But further space being again required, many cartloads of limpet shells and a little yellow clay were strewn upon the original deposit and flat stones, as already said, were placed over all to form a new floor. Hmm. So that's kind of why we chose the location because it was used for maybe hundreds or thousands of years as a place of burial and worship and really like a grief-filled place as well. Mm. With hauntings, you need somewhere where there's been a lot of energy kind of put into the place by people. Mm-hmm. We actually visited it twice, didn't we? Yep. Once in the day and one near our um, night time. Yeah, sunset. Thinking that maybe the transition from day to night would um, be a more energetic time. Mm. Then when we went down there, we took an EMF meter with us Yep. Um, whilst we were recording the Pastor's Grave. Um, but we didn't really manage to record any anything of interest on that, unfortunately. But we tried some EVP, which is Electronic Voice Phenomenon. That's right, we did. And this involves asking any spirits that may be present or inhabiting the location to answer some questions for us. Um, and then... Um, afterwards, you can analyse that audio and try and extract any any sign of their presence from it. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't heard these yet, have you, Anton? But I've got no. our recordings here. Okay. So what I've done with each recording is it's got us talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I play the response three times. So we've got an opportunity to listen to it, okay? Okay. So let's see what we discovered, shall we? Yep. So the first recording is from when we went down during the daytime. Let's head over to it now. We're now heading in to the Dolman using our EVP, that's Electronic Voice Phenomenon app, to see if we pick anything up. Are you okay, Anton? No. You scared? A little bit. Okay. Is there anybody here? Can you tell us your name, please? Okay, so that noise is me trying to enhance and change the levels and just um, extract um, any sound that could be in there, okay? okay. So I'm going to play each one a couple of times. I did I did hear something. Wait, what did it's you like, hear? Oh, og. <laughs> <laughs> there is some background noise on here as well. I think there's a motorbike at one point. Um, but if you hear anything, you can pause, okay? You can just touch the button. Okay. Is there anybody here? Please, can you tell us your name? We mean no harm. Okay, that one. That one seems more something rather. Okay, so if you listen carefully, it sounds almost like a bit of whispering, doesn't it, on this one? Yeah. That definitely does sound very spooky. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll resume it now. If there's anyone here, can you make noises or copy me? 
Ring. That, that actually does do like, except just two taps. That it sounds like be... a zip being done, but... It does. We didn't zip anything up. We didn't have zips. Try that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody here, please can you tap twice? Motorbike. bike. Shame about, shame about that motorbike. Okay, on the next recording, um, I thought I need to show a bit more respect to the location so I kind of big it up a bit here, okay? Uh-huh. If there's anybody here in this dolmen, we mean you no harm, but we'd love to know if you still inhabit this amazing place of power. Oh, yeah. Please tap if you can hear us. Um... It's at the end, so listen, listen. It does. It does. Alright, let's leave. You wanna go? Uh-huh. Let's go. Okay. Mind your head on the way out. Oh, that does. At the end, uh, we played it three times that last one. And it goes for a while and then it goes bum, bum. I didn't catch that actually. Did you not? No. Wait, is there a way that you can I, I can't go back and forth oh. on that one? Um Did you really know? It was so clear it was like <laughs> it, it stopped and then went and went they're quite grainy these recordings but it's difficult because um everybody says don't over manipulate them otherwise you, you start trying to pull things out yourself um so all i've done here is basically amplify the sound and play with the levels of the different frequencies and try and re- remove some of the bass background noise and do as little manipulation as i could Okay. So we also returned at night time, didn't we? Yep. So Exciting. Yeah, it was really dark there, wasn't it? It was. So are you ready for this recording? Mm-hmm. We have returned to Levard Dolman now at sunset. Why do you think we've come at this time, Anton? <sighs> so we can find some ghosts. We are ghost hunting, but this is a Neolithic dolmen or passage grave, isn't it? Yeah. We've come with our little infrared robot here. And you could imagine in Neolithic times that the sunset would be a really important time, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. It's the end of day and the start of night. They might have measured times in like when the moon came and stuff, so days, but um, they might have measured time in that so you could do like, there were 5,000 moons before <laughs> bloody blast. Yeah, the it? lunar calendar, maybe mm-hmm. more important, yeah. So, should we enter the dolmen? Okay. Okay, so I lead the way? Let's go. That sounds very sad. <laughs> In we go, mind your head. Look at your hand. Yes. There we go, we've gone in time for Red Maid now. <laughs> scared. I heard something I drop. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see if we can. Actually, let's turn around the other way again. Yes. I'm not letting go There's of you. There's more here. No, that's fine. Yeah, you might have just heard then I said, I'm not letting go of you. I actually didn't. Like, I was clutching onto his arm the whole time, which must have been really annoying because he, he had your hands full the whole time. Well, yeah, I was trying to hold recording equipment. And you had the iPad, though, controlling <laughs> the robot. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's resume.
Hey, keep holding me. Am I still recording? Yes. Right. <laughs> Let's see. We enter your space, meaning you no harm. If there's anybody here, please, can you give us some sort of symbol or some sign? Now, I tried a slightly different technique on these recordings, um, just to see if we could pull anything else out so you, your hair may be a little bit more kind of electronic distortion. I think that the first technique might have been better, but we'll see. Um, that actually is kind of weird because you were like um, changing it then, I think, and it didn't sound like the last one where it had two taps at the end, mm -hmm. uh, like when you're changing it, the noise of that. Anyway, I had Curious, so I'm happy about it. <laughs> now the thing to remember when we were in there it was we couldn't hear a thing could we no we it couldn't was, hear anything <laughs> it was pretty much pitch black and silent we come to you curious about who you are meaning any friendship <laughs> that's what I heard I was just thinking about this what language are we speaking English yeah they might not understand us, or us mm. understand them. Mm -hmm. They're probably just talking og. Og, og, og. Oh, that's one of my favourite books when I was a kid. <laughs> Are you holding Is my hand, Anton? <laughs> it's not hand time yet, no. Works well, though, the infrared. It does. See, what's that up there that I'm looking at, these little lights? Uh, that's just the a light hole, coming there. through, yeah. Yeah. From the whatever. At least I hoped it was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing back scary memories for you. Mm, no, I actually can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you blocked it out. Yep. Idea. Traumatised childhood. <laughs> Something dropping and dripping there. Yeah, it was because it was raining earlier, wasn't it? That's true. I think that's probably why. The rational so this mind is the largest <laughs> dolmen, or passageway rather, in the island that's still standing. Mm-hmm. Almost looks like there's things painted on the wall there. Or carved, doesn't it? Okay. So much better. Maybe they had infrared technology. <laughs> if there's anybody here with us, please make your presence known. We mean you no harm. Was that one of us making the noises? Uh, uh. No, that. <laughs> Whatever it was. I don't know. It, we tried to stay as still as we could. Um, yeah. And this is more heavily manipulated than the first sounds. So perhaps it's picking up those really like, uh, faint noises mm -hmm. and then distorting them. Okay, I'm going to go turn on the light on. We now have the light on in here. I think that noise at the end was just me preparing to speak again. Or one of us preparing to speak. That, yeah. That intake of breath. At the end? Yeah. And then what about the other two or three or whatever it was? But again, that might just be our breathing. Because Maybe. the microphone is quite close to us. Right, let's carry on. Tap twice if you can hear us.
can't hear anything, but maybe when we check the footage after, okay. we will. Let's go now. And let's just have a quick check in this corner. Do not worry. It sounds like I'm crying, <laughs> but I'm not. So don't worry about it. Don't take my son from me. <laughs> this sweat's dripping. Let's to, look the at the right, to the right. To the right, yeah. That's okay. the other room there. Nothing in there. Alright. I think I've had them. <laughs> please, can we go? Yeah, I need my arm then, please. I don't even know what I'm saying. So, Anton. <laughs> he ran off. Leaving me alone in the dark. How was that? Is that right? I like it. I wasn't no? particularly scared, I just didn't enjoy it. Okay, well, we'll end it there, I think. Because otherwise it's just going to be me moaning about how how much I didn't like it. <laughs> it's just a odd um, place, isn't it, to mm. be... Do you want to go back in there and I'll film you from out here? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to return to the studio and see if we can uh, discover anything later on our footage or our audio that we've recorded. Mm-hmm. So... You've done some ghost hunting, Anton? Not probably the usual location people come to, is it? Mm-mm. We want to try something a little bit different. Well, I hope the microphone's picking me up okay. It's been holding it a bit funny. Got our hands full here. These are extra hands, really. <sighs> extra hands. Yes. No idea what I said at the end there. <laughs> extra hands. Yep. <laughs> um, but we actually recorded a little bit more than that because on the first day, during the daytime, we actually went into the dolmen came out again to look at the sign on the outside to get the age of it and then went back in. Mm-hmm. And so I've got one more shorter recording here, okay, from the first day. And this is, I think, the best thing we captured. So you ready? Whoa. If you're here, please tell us your name. We mean you no harm. Leave, please. Le- leave, please. Yeah, so that last one I made a bit clearer. So hopefully you heard that. If not, skip back a few seconds. And it does sound like, leave, please. It does. Yeah. Oh. Got goosebumps? Yeah, kind of. Maybe, maybe they're trying to say something other than leave, please. But it does sound like a leave, please to me. Yeah, it does. Bit spooky. But again, is that spirit or is it just the manipulation of the audio? Mm-hmm. But another theory for... Um, ghosts from ghost hunters um it's what's called the stone tape theory and this is where large stones are thought to be able to capture the energy from their location now the largest capstone in there is 10 tons of solid runnets that's a lot of stone isn't it mm-hmm. in 1837 charles babbage do you know who he is i've heard of his name yeah he's like the father of computing um he published the Ninth Bridgewater Treatise, and in that he speculated that spoken words could leave an impression in the air due to sound waves being uh, transferring their motion between particles. So, how sound works, yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this idea was further expanded by the likes of the Society for Cycle Research, and they theorised that places and buildings can store memories of events, uh, particularly those which are traumatic or emotional. And under the correct circumstances, these recordings can then be replayed. So maybe the passageway that we went into is a good candidate for that, because it's a place with many, many years of kind of mental energy um, 
Uh-huh. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, Tim sent us his best EVP recordings, and you've not heard these yet either. Mm-mm. So these are from the Myris battery um, over here in Guernsey. So what's the Myris battery? Oh, it's like a cool bunker. <laughs> yeah, it's a large gun emplacement, wasn't it? Built mm-hmm. by the Germans in the Second World War. Yep. Are you Polish? Are your body still buried in this country? Did you work here? Did you live here? Did you die in this bunker? Can you tell me your name, please? That's quite clear. You want me to go make a sound? Are you German? Are you German? Yes. Somebody in one of the other rooms. Did you work here? Do you want us to go? Can you tell us why you're in this bunker? Let us know you're with us. Speak to me so I can hear you. Can you tell me why you're here? Very polite. Show me that you're here. So what do you think of that, Anton? Mm, bit spooky. Like the first ones were the um, creepiest ones. Yeah, so clearer than ours, but also sounded more manipulated than what I was doing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but can you remember back to our perception episode? Kind of. And the sine wave speech? No. You don't remember the sine wave speech? Uh, probably. I'll probably recognise it in a minute, but I, I, I've got a very bad memory, OK? <laughs> OK, so this is the sine wave speech from our perception episode, so listen to this. What did that say? Oh, this thing. Yeah. It's like the girl ironed her shirt or something. This is a new one, so listen to that again. <laughs> 
So you... The boy kicked the ball, I don't know. <laughs> right, here we go. This will be the actual speech. The floor was quite slippery. So do you understand that now? <laughs> yep. It's so, so weird. I think that there might be something similar going on in the brain there. Mm. Uh, as perhaps true. what you'd hear from some of the EVP and the sounds. Um, where our brains are designed to find voices. And um, there's actually just in August of this year, there's a new study released in the Biology of Cell. In the Biology of Cell? <laughs> the Cell <laughs> Journal. It's a biology journal. Um and in it, researchers have actually turned on its head our understanding of how the brain processes voices. So until now, uh, we believe that it works in a similar way to the visual system. So starting with light um, hitting our eyeballs and then that forming abstract shapes and lines in our head and then more and more details being added and more and more recognition being added. Mm -hmm. But now um, there was uh, neuroscientist Liberty Hamilton and neurosurgeon Edward Chang, and they discovered that different parts of the brain actually process sound in parallel. What they're saying is speech processing itself can actually bypass the auditory cortex in the brain. So in other words, there's a part of our brain, the superior temporal gyrus, and that's actually specifically developed just for understanding voices. And they discovered this by um, stimulating different parts of people's brains um, when they were having operations. And they found that if they turned off one part of it, um, there's a quote from one of the people here saying, I could hear you speaking, but I couldn't make out your words. So the actual understanding part of the brain is separate from some of the hearing parts. Mm. So what else might cause ghosts, Anton? I don't know. Um, people believing in them is probably quite a crucial part. Uh, and as we were talking about in the beginning, over half of Americans believe in ghosts and half of people in the UK as well. Yeah, that's right. I actually wanted to find numbers for other countries just to see if there's any difference globally. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't find any of those. And you might think that with modern science, less and less people would believe in ghosts these days. Mm. Or even just things like electric lighting, which kind of cast away the shadows and mystery of the night would kind of kill ghosts dead. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And um, whilst not directly related to ghosts, have you heard of the 1962 Salem witch trials? No. Well, they really show the power of belief. So 1962? It's 1692. Look, I've got numerical dyslexia. <laughs> but have you heard of the 1692 Salem Witch Trials? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, they really clearly show the power of belief, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, this is in America. And there's a small Puritan village called Salem. There were some witch trials there. And it wasn't a particularly pleasant time to be living there, I don't think. And they were most likely caused by rotten rye. Um, so, you know, the rain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, there's a fungus called ergot, and that grows on rye. And it contains lysergic acid and zygotamine. These compounds or chemicals, they can cause severe convulsions, muscular spasms, delusions, the sensation of crawling under the skin, and severe hallucinations. So when some girls in the town of or the village of Salem, they started behaving oddly. Um, and then this behaviour spread to other village folk. Um, they were accused of being witches. 
So again, this is um, an effect from um, the environment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And people not understanding what's going on and then using their beliefs to that's, try and make sense of it. We're learning about myths at school at the moment, and mm. that's um, myths. Are, we were talking about like how myths are stories to fill in gaps and stuff, and, like what things that people don't understand. Mm. Yes. So it's a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. So they can understand the behaviour of um, like the young girls in the village mm-hmm. and thought that they were casting spells on other people who started acting oddly. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the end of the trials in May 1693, 19 people had been hanged, one had been crushed by stones, and four had died in prison. So pretty grisly. So mm-hmm. if anybody's going to be haunted, you could imagine it being there as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe by killing these witches in inverted commas actually created something far more scary <laughs> yeah well I think this shows a combination of environmental effects and belief coming together um, so could other events from history account for historical stories or hauntings have you had any ghostly experiences Anton not really I mean maybe the EVP recordings just <laughs> then mm. uh, but not really Oh, there's someone at um, school who claims they've seen a ghost. It's like in a, a dark, uh, dark room, and they saw a shadow walk across. Really? Uh huh. Okay. Um, I've not really had any or well, many experiences myself, but I think even up until quite recently, I still had a fear. There, I, I didn't like uh, always being in dark places by myself. It's it's odd. It's, it's irrational, I think. <laughs> Um, because I was old enough to look, well, I am old enough to look after myself. Um, and actually, as I was preparing for this episode, I was doing my research alone in the dark. And it, it was an uncomfortable feeling because I've been listening to these recordings and preparing them and reading about ghosts. And I know I was starting to get prickly sensations at my back. Mm. But one experience that I have had is sleep paralysis. Ooh. This can have some odd effects on people. And what? During normal sleep, you've got your REM stage, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So Rapid eye movement. That's right, yeah. And that's when you're dreaming. And when that happens, you lose, or your body loses controls of your muscles. Oh, so, it's really cool because mm. it's, uh, so if you are like moving really fast or like trying to run or something, you feel really slow. <laughs> like you can't move. It's, it's quite cool. Yeah. Um, but because you don't want to act out your dreams, you actually, your body's paralyzed. You don't have any muscle control. Mm-hmm. But it is possible to wake up during that time mm-hmm. um, and you will start becoming conscious of your surroundings, but your body is paralysed. And it's a really weird sensation. Oh, that's weird. Um, but because you're still in that slightly um, dreamlike state, it's actually common to suffer hallucinations during this sleep paralysis state. And uh, then you might have something called night hags. And people will kind of feel maybe a weight on their chest and they will see a dark, shadowy figure pinning them down to their bed. And because you can't move, but you're starting to become conscious, you actually, you get a feeling of panic rising in you. So again, your mind is trying to make sense of what's going on. That's weird. Yeah. One other sensation I've had. Now, I would have been a little bit older than you, I think. And this was in Rennie and Bramps' old house. Mm -hmm. And I would lie in bed. Yeah. And this house is made in, built in 1827. It's an old granite house. So maybe you take the stone tape theory, mm-hmm. uh, these big granite walls hold or capture that energy from the generations of people who lived there. And I would lie in bed 
and I'll be deadly silent. And all I could hear was... Are you sure you weren't breathing like that, like uh, when you were in bed? I was hiding my breath under the covers. <laughs> and I could hear it, just this breathing. And uh, I don't, there was nobody in the room with me. And uh, it really used to freak me out. That's weird. Yeah, but I blame uh, my older brother and sister as well for uh, traumatising me with various <laughs> things like this um, witch that we had from Sark, which they used to uh, chase me around with. <laughs> It's not You've funny. Told me so many traumatizing stories. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do you think of ghosts, Anton? Do, are you a believer, or now, do you think after science After listening it? to that um, recording, I feel like they are more real, mm. but I'm still not sure. So, you don't think that recordings may be the audio being heavily manipulated, and I, then our brains wanting to hear sound? I don't know, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, Ask some of my friends at school mm. about this, see what they think. Yeah. Maybe if I can, I'll get the, get them to listen to the podcast and uh, or this episode at least, and then mm -hmm. so that you can listen to the EVP recordings. Yeah, there's certainly something going on there because um, whether it's disembodied spirits or just something with our brain, people are scared of or had these shared experiences so it might just be a survival uh, instinct from when we used to live in more dangerous environments than we do today or or it could still be something more i mean you can't write it off 100 percent as uh, as tim said when we we're chatting to him mm -hmm. so uh, i certainly had fun ghost hunting <laughs> i didn't at the time but i looking back at it i like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for traumatizing you at the time <laughs> and um i think that's probably a wrap okay Thank you, thank you. We really appreciate it. Listeners, what do you think? Get in contact with us on Twitter. At CurieChardPod. Or Instagram. At CurieChardPod. Or email. Hello at thecuriosityofachard.com. Dot com, yeah. Well done, yeah. So let us know if you've got any ghostly stories. We want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. or, or just follow us on social media. Get in touch, contact us. We want to hear from you all. <laughs> One of the bigger uh, genres of podcasting is true crime and i don't think we've listened to any podcasts like that have we no i've never listened to a true crime podcast uh, but i have one here from a podcast uh, called california true crime and i listened to a few of their episodes recently uh, and here's their trailer california has the largest population in the united states and the site of some of the most famous true crime cases in history but there's more than meets the eye to the crime in California. Join Sean, Jessica, and Charles on the California True Crime Podcast as they cover crime both infamous and overlooked from around our state while looking at the deeper history that goes beyond beaches and movie stars. That was very good, very good. That was, that was. Oh, great sound um, production there, Anton. Superb. Um, we are also a member of the That's Not Canon Network, which also have loads of good podcasts of their own. Uh, so make sure you check them out at that'snotcanon.com. Mm -hmm. uh, visit our website, 
thecuriousdifferchild.com and our store shop.thecuriousdifferchild.com we've actually added some um, new merchandise recently there we have it's very well designed too <laughs> yep and check out my gaming channel on youtube um which is the curiosity of gaming and we do also have uh, the podcast on youtube as well uh, which is the curiosity of a child when i can be bothered to update it yep. yeah <laughs> anyway thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed the show and i also hope that you're still able to get to sleep after hearing all those scary voices <laughs> they laugh now but it won't be for long Ugh. Oh, I'm so good at the sound effects. Yeah, I think we need some better sound effects than those ones. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you very much, and uh, we will chat See you next time. Bye. Bye. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>